passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Incidental contact in the official. Oh, wait a minute. Daniel Bryan with a low blow. The official been knocked down. The official didn't see the low blow by Daniel. Bryan's got a crazed look in his eyes right now. Styles in trouble. The running knee. Daniel Bryan, the cover. Daniel Bryan is WWE champion. Here is your winner and the new WWE champion, Daniel Bryan. As if they don't have too much on their plates. The Kings of Combat Sports podcast, John and Wade. Talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. You wanna smack down? 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 It's rewind to SmackDown. I'm John Pollock, along with Waiting. Thank you for checking our show out. Thank you for downloading. What a show we have to discuss tonight. Way, what's good? Um. Man, uh, what's good? Or bad. Canada Dry. It's pretty good. Are you a Canada Dry or a Schweppes fan? Do you have a preference? I mean, if if anybody, if you have to question my national, uh, my nationalistic pride at all, um, no, you can't because I am a Canada Dry person through and through. I like Canada Dry, but I do sometimes crossover. What's the difference? You taste it's more a state of mind. I, I think very much it's a mental thing. Uh, yeah, they're both fine. I don't drink a whole lot of pop at all, so it's it's very rare that I even have any. So, Oh, okay. The occasional root beer. That is kind of my go-to drink. Gotcha. All right. We don't have time for chit-chat. We have lots to get into. Smackdown, Tuesday night in St. Louis. Um you know, we usually start off the show by going over all the major news of the day. I think for this show, it's pretty much all going to be contained within SmackDown and what is coming out of it. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to dive into things. And after our review of SmackDown, Way is going to take us through the Mixed Match Challenge, I, a show I nearly, nearly tuned into because I desperately wanted to see AJ Styles follow SmackDown with a comedy match. But Way is going to let us know how they handled that afterwards. And then... We are going to preview the new card for Survivor Series on Sunday. And if that's not all, if you are a cafe member on the double shot, I'm very excited about this double shot. Not only are we going to have Way's review of Total Divas, the women are on vacation. He's going to catch us up on being the elite. But I am going to go through the All Japan Real World Tag League matches that opened up today that I ended up watching. And 
maybe my favorite one to date, the finale, the season finale of Ultima Lucha. I have warned Way. Get ready for this one. I'm 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 more than ready. Let's let's get started. SmackDown Tuesday night in St. Louis. Uh, throughout the day, it was first reported by Sean Ross Sapp that Becky Lynch was not going to be able to compete on Sunday at the Survivor Series. This coming from the uh, closing segment on Raw, where on WWE. I mean, they left no doubt as to what occurred here, where Nia Jax looked to throw a punch and just walloped Becky in the face. And the terminology that the WWE used uh, on the broadcast and online was suffering a broken face and a severe concussion. Uh, It looked very bad in the replay, and it just looked like it was a bad, badly thrown punch that just nailed Becky in the face. Um Badly thrown in a wrestling context, but in a in a real fight context, hell of a punch from Nia. I mean, that would win you the round. I mean, that's a that's a damaging blow. Oh yeah. So so, so broken face and severe concussion. I mean, the concussion. I mean, we knew something could have been broken, but I think the concussion is is news to uh, to me at least. Well, the concussion is what's going to throw off any kind of a timetable because it's a concussion, and she's going to have to be able to be cleared from that. And there's no, there's no way of diagnosing when a concussion is going to be uh, healed or not. Uh, now, when they say broken face, looking at her on Tuesday, uh, my concern was that she might have broken an orbital bone. Mm-hmm. But that was not stated. So I don't know what that exactly means by broken face. All of us were focused on the nose, and it looked to me like it was more so uh, the eye. Um, is broken was, face a technical, uh, like a medical, technical med- medical term? It's not something I hear too often. It's um, more of a trash talking street medicine term, I guess. Well, I mean, if you broke an orbital or a cheekbone, I mean, it's it's not wrong. Well, to that's say what you you have, bro- you have broken a portion of your face. Well, why the, the decision to say broken face instead of one of those two? It sounds really horrific. I think broken orbital sounds more horrific. Well, uh, again, they didn't get into specifics, but she's obviously off the show on Sunday and uh, really, going really? into this show. And I think makes you kind of look at that entire um, you know scene from last night in, in a bit of a different light, knowing that Becky was uh, evidently, quote unquote, severely concussed throughout the entire thing. And was largely the, you know, carrying that closing segment. I mean, she was the focal point throughout that entire final 10 minutes of Raw. And that happened near the beginning of the brawl. Yeah. And still had to go through with all of it. So removed from the card. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, disappointed because I think that match had grown into becoming something very special on Sunday to people. It And just naturally, I think psychologically, when you have something taken away, you want it that much more. So I think there was a lot of that online today. Do you think that this is a negative for no, Becky Lynch? No, not at all. I think she's this is more a t- like she was the star of the show tonight. This and was a feels huge, bigger than she was even la- last night. She feels even bigger now. This was a huge blessing in disguise in many many ways. And I mean, you think back to you know Shawn Michaels in Syracuse, um, how he was able to capitalize off of that real life incident and. Uh, into into a WrestleMania babyface run that kind of defined his career at least up until that point. This I thought was very much the same for Becky. I 
I've always thought Becky versus Ronda should have been saved for a bigger stage. And in a in a weird backwards way, they managed to set it up for WrestleMania now uh, in a much more organic, real and harder way than they ever could have, I think, by writing a storyline. This makes Becky versus Ronda the match now that I think everybody wants to see ahead of Charlotte versus Ronda. And it seems from their decision making on the show that they agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was funny. Like I, I tweeted out on throughout smackdown of just you know becky just what i was trying to convey is just feels like this incredibly hot star and i mentioned the fact that like they have not had a performer like a star like this fall onto their lap like this since daniel bryan and it's kind of misconstrued because you know falling into their lap implies that there has not been a recognition of this along the way and there definitely has like the WWE creative staff have put her I think that after the, the night after SummerSlam where that was the wrong way to go with Becky I think they understood that and yes we've seen some missteps along the way but generally especially over the past I would say six weeks or so where we've seen the show built around her she's closing the show at Evolution how they were, I think, ahead of the curve knowing the the audience wanted to see her win, and they went with that. I think most, when that match was announced, assumed that this is Charlotte getting her win back, and instead they went with Becky, and the way that she has been, the show is being written around her now. So I think you do have to give creative a pat on the back here for understanding, I think, what they have, and and look where she is now. And she has more than stepped up to this role. I don't think anyone, when they turned her, could have imagined this. Not the most optimistic Becky supporter on that creative staff could have envisioned this, uh, of what they're standing on the doorstep of, of what they have with Becky. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I think, uh, you know, when they did turn her heel uh, at SummerSlam, I think it was a really perplexing decision at the time. And But what we've seen, like, has kind of been parts heel turn... But more so than that, I think what what's getting the audience really behind Becky is simply the fact that she is now a main character and she is the champion and she is the focal point who's winning her matches. I think that's in that in the end, that's really what all the fans want. Obviously, I think the the the, the brand new attitude that that's just really elect, electric to watch on TV certainly helps. But I think it's more so the idea that she is now the lead. She is the lead actress in the division that I think really has everybody excited. Yeah. And uh, one source indicated to me that, you know, before this injury, uh, the plan was for the women to close the show on Sunday. So that's how important they saw this, this going into Sunday. Now those changes, I'm always hesitant on those because those can get, someone can change their mind at the last minute, but at least prior to this, that appeared to be the plan penciled in for these two to close the show on. After, after this, this is a match now you can close WrestleMania with. So uh, again, I think a true blessing in disguise. And if that's the new direction for WrestleMania, it's a big win for Becky because seeing where they're going on Sunday now with Ronda's opponent, it would certainly suggest that that is the match to build for Ronda for WrestleMania and save it for that show. Yeah, and and if the rumored match initially was Ronda versus Charlotte that they would have been uh, building towards, I, I thought a wonderful power play that they made on this show, essentially swapping the two matches. Yeah, 
it's a, this is a very interesting episode of SmackDown to look at because, I mean, they felt an urgency to change this card around to give people a better show than they than they had with the loss of Becky. I mean, this wasn't something that uh, they just felt, well, you know what? It's not the pay-per-view era anymore. We don't have to do anything drastic. They felt the need to do something drastic here. Yeah, I find that I found that interesting. Um, the fact that they still considered um, that 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 need, and not just—I mean, I, yeah, we'll we'll go on. Let's let's get into the show. So it starts off with highlights of the brawl, and it was interesting in the video package off the top. They did not do the the black and white screen for Becky's blood. They showed it as is because that was the focus of the feature, her injury. And Tom Phillips announces off the top, Becky cannot compete at the Survivor Series due to a broken face and severe concussion. And they not only isolate the clip, they show it in slow motion of Nia Jax punching her right in the face. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of putting a a pretty unflattering spotlight, I think, on Nia Jax. While you do have to explain the injury, they were quick to draw a lot of attention to, to Nia's errant punch here. But it's because Nia is a heel in storyline. It's it, I think it's it. You had to do it. You know, you had to take advantage of this errant punch because thank God that it was Nia that delivered it instead of Naomi. Because then you would have had a real weird predicament in your hand. Now, in another weird way, you've just built up Nia versus Becky, and I think that is perfect. It's a perfect setup, I think, for for Becky's path of revenge, you know, on her way towards Ronda Rousey. Take out everybody, including Nia, before you get to Becky. Or, sorry, before you get to Ronda. I found it really kind of interesting that, you know, I think the whole Nia involvement was kind of understated on Becky's part during her promo. But I, I have to imagine that she'll, she'll uh, you know, uh, make mention of it when the time comes. I guess it depends how they view Nia coming out of this. Is that, do we... Uh, do we have confidence in Nia? Do we want to uh, put her in this position? Like, I, I'm sure that there's um, that argument not to do it. I mean, to me, like, Nia hasn't necessarily been somebody who I, I feel like has has had a reputation for injuring other people. You know, to me, it's not like the Brie Bella situation where it it, it felt like... It, she, she's had a few. Like, this isn't the first. Yeah, okay, I guess. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt that I would say, you know, maybe she, she is still considered one of the more green members of the roster. But I, I to me, this felt more like an accident than anything I, I would personally be all that concerned about. Yeah, and, you know, in situations like this, it's it, you could uh, survey five people and they might have five different reactions. If the wrong person looks at this and says, hey... You th- this wasn't an errant elbow. This wasn't a brawl where someone just got, got caught by accident. They didn't see the target. It was like the target was right in front of you. You were to throw a work punch and you but it wasn't you right not in only injured this woman, but you injured a very valuable member of this show. But, it, but this- it wasn't right in front of her. They were involved in a, in a brawl and, and Becky came from behind. Yeah, but Nia was facing her when she threw the punch. But I could... I could accept that somebody wasn't necessarily prepared. And in the heat of the moment, if somebody were to... Oh, I, I get that. Listen, I'm not going to rake anyone over the coals for this. But I can understand if someone does take that opinion. Because, like, this wasn't just some preliminary person that got hurt. It was someone very valuable. And not everyone is equal. And, and 
Becky being injured, that causes a look at this. They had to redo the entire SmackDown brand on Tuesday night because of this injury. So mm-hmm. uh, it may come it may come with consequences. It may not. It may just be swept under the rug as, hey, it was the accidents happen and we move on. But there's no way. Yeah, possible. AJ comes out to start the show. Notes he's been champion for 371 days. Makes you wonder, how did he know the exact number? Was he looking it up today after he was informed of anything? And he said he has defended that against the title against the best that sports entertainment has to offer. He's been the workhorse around here, defeating everyone except for Brock Lesnar. And that's when Paul Heyman shows up ringside, referring to Raw as the premier show, and said there is no one Lesnar wants to fight more than AJ Styles. And then he lists off, Great in-ring performers of the past, like Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, and Shawn Michaels. And Styles is an elite in-ring performer, but says he's just this close to being number one behind Daniel Bryan. And we're never going to get to see Lesnar versus Bryan, but AJ is in a consolation prize. And AJ takes offense to this. He says that Styles respects Daniel Bryan. But he tapped him out recently and goes to cut a promo on Lesnar stating last year at the Survivor Series, he lost, but he walked out with his head held high while Lesnar limped out of the ring and that Lesnar is more vulnerable to tapping out while the the past year he's become much better at tapping people out. Uh, What did you think about this uh, setup here, the use of Paul Heyman? Well, I think any wrestling fan watching, you know, as soon as Daniel Bryan's name was mentioned in Paul Heyman's promo and the mention specifically of Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan, I think any wrestling fan uh, would have immediately perked up and started to wonder, hey, like what's going on here? Because uh, you don't make mentions like that for no reason, right? It certainly, um, you know, Daniel Bryan's name has not been mentioned at all in the course of this feud and the build up to it. So it felt kind of really out of place for them to mention it now. And, uh... I think uh, after coming out of the segment, you recognize that they're either putting a lot into this main event uh, for this go-home show, or uh, more than one main event was getting changed heading into Survivor Series. By the end of this segment, I don't think you could have read this any differently than they are 100% changing this main event. Like, it would have made no sense that you tease this match, you don't deliver it to people, and on top of that, you're... Like, you already had AJ beat Brian clean two weeks ago. There's nothing to gain from him beating him a second time tonight to go into Sunday. Um, so I think that the writing was on the wall here that, you know, they are they felt the need to over-deliver uh, with the loss of Becky. And that seemed to be uh, the table was set for that here I, in this opening segment. I, I think that's really quite amazing considering, uh, like, if that tells you how much they thought of Becky versus Ronda as a marquee match up until this point. The fact that you, you not only had to... I think deliver somewhat of a make good in Charlotte versus, I mean, Charlotte versus Ronda, I guess is not a make good to them. It's, you know, it's the, it's the second place consolation prize. And they still didn't feel like that was enough that they, so much so that they felt like they had to give away this match um, that hadn't been seen before in Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, a match that I think every wrestling fan wanted to see, but we weren't sure we were ever going to get a match that Daniel Bryan himself has many times said is his dream opponent. Coming back here, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, and they, they, they decided to go to it because Becky Lynch got injured. That's amazing to me. Well, go back to last year before that TLC show when Roman Reigns got the mumps 
and they were supposed to do the Shield reunion, and their reaction was like they were not going to throw in the towel on this pay-per-view. What they did was we'll give you a first-time match between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, and we're going to give you Kurt Angle's first match back to join the Shield. Like when they're in these situations, they do have a, a they definitely feel a, a a duty to over deliver with what they have uh, as replacements when the original attraction cannot be delivered. There was also that if you remember the Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor feud that uh, where where Bray got injured and they replaced him with AJ. So it almost feels like the only time they ever really re- listen to the fans is when they need these kind of emergency uh, you know main events. So Daniel Bryan comes out, and he doesn't understand why they're talking about him. He respects AJ, but he's been looking for a reason to punch AJ in the face. And if Styles mentions his name once more, he's going to punch him in the face. Styles says, well, Heyman started it, and he said he thought that he and Bryan were on good terms. And he asked if he can use his name if someone asks who's the greatest technical wrestler he's ever been in the ring with. And for whatever reason, Brian got offended by this and attacked him. For whatever reason, I think it is like the how I kind of felt out of it because I don't know exactly what AJ said that that was so uh, aggravating to to Brian. Uh, you know, like last week when they ended off the show, it certainly uh, felt a little bit odd because Brian kind of went from like overall be in the show being kind of kind of having this like jovial, joking you know, awkward t- relationship with the Miz to all of a sudden in the, in the main event, uh, while doing commentary with the Miz last week, getting really aggressive and ending the show, attacking everybody, including Shane McMahon. And that character continued throughout this edition of SmackDown. And, you know, by the end of the show, I think we understand the, the, why he decided to, to, uh, be more aggressive and have this character change, but I don't think it's been explained all that well. And it certainly feels, uh, a bit more, inconsistent you know considering how he went from just kind of being happy last week to all of a sudden he's a heel i think some leeway is given for some of the some of the the creative uh moves that they had to make that didn't all add up but i think people understanding that okay this was our old card we've got to get to this new card and we've got two hours to do it and yes 24 hours ago, Paul Heyman was speaking about Lesnar only wanting to face AJ Styles. That's the only person he wants to face. And then tonight, goading him into a match with someone else that I, I think that there is at least some leeway there that Absolutely. people gave. But yeah, if you're looking at this strictly as a as a show and and judging it on just storytelling, you could be left with some questions as to the logic here behind some of this. But if you take uh, Brian's, you know, new character as uh, some, something that started last week, then I think it, you could assume that maybe he was always supposed to turn heel, you know, even starting from last week. Um, obviously, you know, that that had to be sped up perhaps today, much in the same way that maybe the Dean Ambrose turn had to be sped up um, in light of, wow, a lot's happened this month. Holy shit. Uh, but, um, you know, so, so I wonder what, what the original plan was for Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and I wonder what kind of car Daniel Bryan drives that he would have a openly lit uh, fire burning next to next week when he explains why he turned. Probably a Prius, which I would be a, a bit safer to trust around a, an open flame. Yeah, perhaps. Shane and all the officials came out to separate AJ and Bryan as they're fighting, and then they're backstage after the commercial break. 
uh, Brian and Shane are arguing. Paige is in the middle. And then Styles charges in. It was a chaotic scene. Shane must have lost five pounds sweating. And he announces a title match for tonight. I think that's another interesting question in all this. How does this affect Shane McMahon's storyline? I mean, um, you know, from certain reports, we, we know that maybe one of the plans was for him to turn heel coming out of the Best in the World tournament. With Daniel Bryan having recently turned heel, is Shane still as likely to do the same? Yeah, you certainly didn't get any indication of that tonight because Shane was certainly uh, a background player tonight, not the focus of the show in any way. Andrade, Cien Almas, and Jeff Hardy had a match. Selena Vega was back, and Almas hit a double foot stomp onto Jeff off uh, while Jeff was in the Tree of Woe. Then Almas landed the spinning elbow. Uh, I thought Almas looked very good here. He went for the hammerlock DDT. It was blocked. Hardy hit the twist of fate, swanton. Jeff Hardy wins the match. Um, a result that, in a vacuum, you could maybe question uh, continuing to beat Almas, but there was a purpose to Jeff winning this match because of what they were going to be announcing with him for Sunday. It seems like they're wanting to feature Almas on TV. Uh, they must like him uh, in some manner, but unfortunately, the the featuring is just as him as an enhancement talent uh, thus far. He's kind of like, you know, I'm not saying he's there yet, but but he he could like I wouldn't be surprised if in like five months he becomes the Apollo Cruz of SmackDown, which I oh, think don't say that, which I think would be really sad. But I mean, the man really him and Zelina have not received storyline at all. They're just there to take up a spot for a wrestling match and, and there to get pinned. Paige is with The Miz. And they just announced Brian's off the Survivor Series team. There mm-hmm. was no reason for it, just that he's off. Uh, why Miz has this ability and why Paige would agree to this, I don't quite know. I think like but- you could have easily explained that, you know, because Brian has been so erratic, you like this is punishment. He attacked um AJ unprovoked, he attacked Shane McMahon, he attacked a But bunch he was of just rewarded with a title match. Yeah, that made no sense too, but again, you know, this is where we give him the leeway because of of all the shuffling last minute, right? I think at the very least like you needed a reason. Mm-hmm. Like Shane should have said, "Listen, Brian, I'm prepared to give you a title match." And if you win, you're set. You get your dream match with Lesnar. But if you lose, I can't risk you going into this match on Sunday damaged or hurt. So if you lose, you're off the team. You're putting everything on the line tonight. Please. And and Brian agrees. Says, fine. I want that title. I'm willing to give up my spot. Yeah, get your time machine, John, and send that message to the past because I think that would have fixed that about this. Sure. I just think anything would have been better than this, where it was just announced he's off for and no reason given. Uh, they plugged the Marine Six, uh, which is out today, and Miz announces that the final member is Jeff Hardy for the team. Joe and Ray are just standing there. Joe had a tremendous impact on this show. He literally stood there, and his only role on the show was to give Miz an awkward stare. Uh, then Miz wants Ray off the team too, because why not? Uh, because he his logic was Brian chose Ray, and since Brian's off the team, that means Ray should be off too, so they don't have the stench of Daniel Bryan. And Paige says, okay, Paige is actually entertaining this as a possibility. This woman's determined to lose on Sunday. She says, well, if you beat Ray, then he's off the team. Yeah, well, 
Listen, we don't know how these power structures work. We don't know what exactly the rights of a captain are. Um, maybe they're completely, you know, maybe he's within his rights to, to, um, to, to do whatever he wants. But, but maybe uh, Paige just needs to throw a bit of, uh, I don't know, um, negotiation in there. Dasha interviewed Shinsuke Nakamura, who came in and he had his headphones on. He mentions that Seth Rollins said on Monday that he's not thinking about him, and it broke his heart. And he said he is obsessed with Seth. I drink Seth. Now, unfortunately, this man's accent, I could not help but hear that Shinsuke Nakamura is obsessed with sex, and he drinks sex. Wow. I That's what I heard. Sex. He repeats, he broke my heart. Man. He's not thinking about me, so I will break his face. I actually didn't mind this. I thought Shinsuke, I mean, it's very hard to understand him, but I, I kind of liked it. Yeah. Uh, he I, did not. I didn't I didn't love it. I, I just don't think his promos are connecting. Even if, like, I'm, I'm trying to think if, like, he, he spoke perfectly, uh, you know, uh, perfectly. Would I, I you know, the, sure. Uh, to me... It doesn't feel like that strong of a feud because Seth has been so focused on Dean Ambrose. He's barely. Oh, it's not a strong feud. I'm just looking at this as a, a two minute backstage interview. I wouldn't even say this is really uh, connecting with the audience, but yeah. Uh, but it's it's one of those matches that you really don't even need um, to, any promos for. You honestly just show me the matchup boards, and I'm already excited because on paper this is a, a hot, fresh match on its own. Yeah, I think that's what it's being sold on. Mm. The Miz and Rey Mysterio in Miz's quest to destroy his team. Miz was sent to the floor. Uh, Rey went for the sliding splash, landing on Miz's knees. They went through the break. Miz was in control, went for the skull-crushing finale, but was stopped, sent onto the ropes, hit the 619, and then Rey went for the top rope splash, again landed on Miz's knees. Miz cradled him, two count, and Miz is all shocked that he didn't get the fall and gets caught with a crucifix by Rey. So Rey is on the team. Yeah, I thought for a second they would have, uh, you know, had Miz pin Ray and then change that match even more just because we've been changing everything anyway. But I think that was just uh, obviously not happening here. So um, I thought it was an okay match. It's great when Ray is in there, when the Miz is there in control. It's not as good. Um, I, I, I'm a little disappointed because I thought Miz and Brian had really good chemistry together uh, last week in, in this kind of comedic role. But um, it, obviously now they have to kind of uh, abort that story without a real conclusion. Then Randy Orton shows up, the man on the island of SmackDown. Ray thwarts his attack, and then Orton bumps into Miz, hits him with an RKO as Ray escapes, as Tom Phillips calls this one of the craziest SmackDowns he can remember. He it's like this whole show is going on, and then there's Randy Orton. He's he attached to nothing. Uh, he's attached to Ray. For a story after Survivor Series. But during Survivor Series, I guess you could have put him on one of the teams. Um, Whoa, and then you'd have two people, two partners that didn't get along. Well, That'd be cool. That'd be really interesting. I mean, How what, would they team up? How would they work together? So maybe that's why they didn't include him. I'm not complaining. Yeah. You can hold off on that. Security is on the lookout for the Raw Invaders. And bravo to the security team. They prevented any invasion from occurring on this show. They did a great job. And uh, yeah, Baron really um, did nothing for Stephanie, did he? 
He really didn't. I mean, which I, I imagine was like I don't know this, but you would assume that that was planned for this show, and yeah, everything course. got turned upside down. Yeah, obviously. The more I think, like uh, looking back at the show, the more I am amazed at the incredible, incredible domino effect Naya delivering that punch to Becky had on everything. Like completely changed this SmackDown to put Brian in that match, took AJ out of this one, and then uh, you know took Charlotte out of, out of this one, affecting both. The five-on-five matches, um, that was quite the punch. It really was. Think about this. Like, at what time today was it known that Becky's off the show? And even further, when this show is rewritten, how many... Like, let's say this invasion is planned. Think of all those raw performers that were scheduled to be on the road yet another day and got to SmackDown and learned that they're not being used. The concussion, I imagine, would have been diagnosed either late last night or, or early this morning. But would the show have been rewritten in concert with that diagnosis? Yeah, and I do Then wonder. you got to start from scratch. That this t- The performers that were to be at Raw, like beyond the Mixed Match Challenge performers that had to be here anyway. I mean, if you're scripting an invasion like that, I'm sure there were performers that were on their way here. And that's where, as a performer, I think you'd be furious knowing that you lost another day at home uh, for nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's kind of hands are tied, right? You know, what can you do? It's like card subject to change, and this was kind of an emergency for everybody. Um, you know, like if they ever do a WWE 24 again, I would really love to see a WWE 24 just about this edition of SmackDown. Yeah, forget 365. Dude, WWE won. I just wanted to know 24 hours yeah. uh, in this. Do you know that they're doing another one of those Sunday night after the pay-per-view with AJ? Oh, okay. Just with the AJ. Nice. Yeah, I think Unfortunately, I saw... it's going to end before these last few nights uh, that would have been the most interesting end to that 365 days in his career. Yeah, kind of shitty. Like, you're profiling AJ and he's not even on the card. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder how much I wonder if they could change anything to that because it was all built around his one year as champion and kind of feels empty to end it uh, without an update on him losing. I'm sure they could update it and just include the title change and maybe get a quick clip from him reacting to it. They might do it. Yeah, maybe they'll throw a little title card in there. But uh, again, like so the, the Naya really quite the punch uh, just just disrupting so much here. The disruptor Naya Jax. They showed a shot of Becky talking to one of the PAs backstage. Left eye is a mess. And then Paige was in the ring and brought out all of the women on the SmackDown roster. Charlotte Flair, Lana, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, Asuka, Naomi, Carmella, and the Iconics. And Paige goes over Becky's injury that she sustained while fighting for SmackDown Live and is medically unable to compete. And it was... You know, we've, we've done this whole thing about dancing around, trying to read into these segments of are they just trying to, you know, program her as a heel? Is it kind of endearing her to the crowd, even though they're going one direction? That all ended with this. It was like Becky was this valiant hero fighting for us that got hurt. And she was cemented as a babyface. The moment I think on Raw, she was cemented as a babyface. But walking out tonight, uh, there was no doubt. No, no, that that debate is is done and over with. Uh, she yeah. is not just um, a babyface. She is the biggest babyface on SmackDown right now, and maybe in the entire company right now. So um, this was a, a segment made to 
uh, solidify that. They made it feel like a big moment by having the entire roster out there. And in the same, at the same time, they tied up uh, some loose ends here, particularly with uh, Becky and Charlotte. Becky comes out, standing ovation. Even Charlotte is clapping. There's a big chant for her. And she says she's angry as hell. She took a beating last night, but that has never stopped her. But she cannot be cleared. She tasted blood by beating up the raw locker room, and she could still kick Ronnie's ass. Ronnie is great. Awesome. Great. I loved it. It's like calling She's... it's like Connor calling uh Jose Jose. <laughs> she says Rhonda is not the baddest bitch on the planet. She's the luckiest. And now she has to pick someone she knows can get the job done. This was short. I thought just it was a great promo. Really was. Like like you said earlier, John, like I don't I mean we knew that Becky I think was deserving of a title run. Even like when I felt like, you know, after Money in the Bank, oh, okay, everybody really wants her to win. I felt like, okay, at the most, she'll probably get a championship reign as a baby face and then she'll drop it eventually before Mania. But I had no idea she would like take this ball and run with it so far. She's just like really stepped up her game when it, when it comes to talking. Uh, and she's just taken this heel character or at least what maybe began as a heel character into uh and, and exceeded completely uh, expectations all everybody's expectations i'm sure i almost look at the current situation that i wish she didn't have the title because it's so set up for the rumble for her to win that if this concussion is longer than a week or two i think you can accomplish a few things by putting shane into the role of stripping her which will just make her that much more popular. Mm -hmm. You get Shane into the role you want, and it sets up Ronda to win the Rumble, and she's not going for the SmackDown title. Becky, she's going Becky you mean. Becky. Sorry, Becky. Becky, yeah. yes. Becky wins the Rumble, and then she challenges Ronnie for the Raw title at Mania. I think that's a great idea. John, time machine. Get it right now. This is uh, well. They don't need a time machine. They can do this. You're right. You're right. I think that's a great idea, John. Great suggestion, um, and a great way to move her over to Raw to do that title, uh, to do that match. If, if there's anybody I think uh, you know deserving of that babyface uh, Royal Rumble win, uh, Becky seems tailored for it. Now the other question is who who do you put the SmackDown belt on? Hmm. I think, you know, it was really telling this segment that you have Charlotte and you pretty much have everyone else. Oscar um, got a big pop. I don't think Oscar's completely dead. Um, but I mean, you're not replicating what you had with Becky. Yeah. You can, I guess, do, you know, Charlotte Oscar again if you wanted to. Um, I, yeah. I, I can't really see who else is hot enough on SmackDown right now for a main event. Program. Like, I'd almost want them to, you know, if, yeah, it's just tough with the timing. Like, you have no idea how long Becky's going to be out for. It could be a week. It could be four weeks. It could be two months. It could, you just don't know with a concussion. And it just gets tricky if, say, she's cleared in three weeks. It's not like they're going to keep her off the road. And you've got this SmackDown title that I really don't want to see Becky going for until the Rumble. That, I mean, there's creative ways you can keep her away from it. And maybe that's, you know, she's playing off of a new heel commissioner in Shane McMahon that you can keep her away from the title to just bridge until the Rumble. Because that should be Becky's big win. And and then you set up the Ronda program. Yeah. The, 
like Becky versus like Shane being the one to take the belt off of, of Becky, I think makes sense if you're going to turn Shane heel. At the same time, though, if you kind of do the that Becky versus Shane thing too hard, you're gonna have to have people expect a match eventually between the two, and you can't do it right. It's almost like a scenario where you kind of wish Steph was in Shane's role instead, right? But a lot of interesting pieces that they can play with. Certainly. I think like people are going to draw comparisons to when Austin injured his neck and he had the IC title. And I mean, their idea was throwing it off into a river mm-hmm. and then he wins the rumble. And that was the year he beat Sean at mania. Like the pieces are in place that a lot can be done with yeah. Becky coming out of this that, I mean, obviously you wish her a speedy recovery and it's not, but like there is a lot of positive that could come out of this providing Becky is not, you know, too severely injured by this concussion. Completely. To me, but to me, like if you're looking at it this strictly from a business sense, more positive than negative, in my opinion. Like, um, like let's say they carried on with the match on Sunday. Okay, you do be- uh, Becky versus Ronda. Great, the match happens. Nia probably runs in and costs Ronda the match. Blah blah blah. blah and then you move on. It's not as interesting as what we have right now. And you know, I just mentioned like the possibility. Like now, think about. Stephanie versus Becky even is a match that is a program that I think could be really hot. Like, you know, Stephanie was like they wanted to to turn Stephanie versus Ronda into the new Austin McMahon. But I think Becky is that person to go up against Stephanie more so than Ronda. So she they did this interesting um, bit where Becky walked up to each woman and just stared at them. And it kind of reminded me of the night when uh, WCW got bought and Vince just started rattling off names from WCW mm-hmm. just to get a gauge from the audience. You got that here. And, I mean, the first ones are like you're you're imagining Ronda taking on Billy Kay or Peyton Rose. <laughs> and she gets to Charlotte and, like, there was a reaction, but not overwhelming. The big one was Asuka. Mm-hmm. So, I this mean- audience, they were, I mean, they have not given up on Asuka yet. And that is still a match that is intriguing to them. Asuka versus Ronda. I think for as, as poorly as maybe they booked Asuka, I think the narrative that still exists, at least like amongst the fandom is that characters like, like Asuka characters, like Becky characters, like, you know, Finn Balor, are people that are more talented than their push is worth. And as a result, in situations like this, you kind of get a real sense of like how the crowd feels. And the crowd still sees people like like Asuka as talented individuals that have been neglected by the writing on the show. Um, so, yeah, completely. I think there's a Becky uh, Lynch-style run probably within Asuka, perhaps. Just keep beating her. So Becky then announces... That it's going to be Charlotte Flair. She shakes hands with her and then hugs Charlotte. And I know a lot of people did not like this hug, and I can understand it. Maybe a hug was too much for the Becky character, but you have to remember, their objective in this is that Becky is a full-fledged babyface now, and they do not want to be turning Charlotte. And this was a way to pacify that so that Charlotte is not going to be hated by this audience for taking Becky's spot that I do understand why they felt the need to do this. And it's also the, it's signaling we are not going further with this feud. It's over now. I agree with you. Uh, that, that makes, that makes completely uh, complete sense. I think you could have, achieved I wouldn't have that. done the hug. I, yeah. The hug was too much. Uh, this character does not hug people. This is not Bailey. So yeah. I can, I, I think the handshake was enough. Everyone understood completely. Like she could have just stepped back. 
raised her hand forward, dramatic pause, I think would have even had a bigger reaction. The hug just kind of felt a little bit out of place. Uh, but nonetheless, I love the decision to pick Charlotte. I think, you know, Asuka um, you know, perhaps would have been, I think, a more interesting match. But storyline-wise, it wouldn't have been as dramatic. Becky picking her greatest rival to go up to take her place, I think just is so much more fitting and so much more, uh, I don't know, poetic. And I think, you know, it in a way wraps up their relationship because, uh, you know, they've already had three matches. The feud is over. Maybe they would have eventually went back to it. But, I mean, if you're going to turn Becky, then you really can't go back to it. So this puts a conclusive end to that feud. Um, it also, like, in a way, like, this whole SmackDown 5-on-5 five five team, or 5-on-5 five five match is that much more interesting. And I think Charlotte's motivation is that much more interesting because she's now having to um, defend, I think, uh, the honor of Becky and and SmackDown as a unit now feels that much more cohesive because one of one of the Raw mem- team members took out uh, somebody that they like a lot. So it it, it makes it add it actually finally adds stakes to some of those matches. And there's the longer story. It's kind of a subplot to the Ronda Becky feud that Ronda wins on Sunday and then Becky has the chance to do something Charlotte could not do in beating Ronda. Totally, yeah. I think you could have Char- Ronda beat Charlotte, and you're not really stuck with that predicament anymore. Like Charlotte is 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 you know still going to be protected to some extent extent, and I think they're still probably going to do the Nia uh, finish probably with Ronda. Um, but certainly Charlotte at this point could afford a loss a lot more than Becky can. What if Nia tries to get involved? Uh, no, they're not gonna. They're not gonna allow Becky to punch do and punch this. Becky or punch Charlotte. Uh, I'd say that Be- Be- Becky would would stop Nia from getting involved, but I, oh. I don't think they're going to clear Becky to do anything physical. I think that should be Nia's new finisher. The punch? Yeah. The knockout punch? Yeah. Well, she's got to maybe practice it a bit. But Wait I thought, like, I mean, like, looking at, I think, this edition of SmackDown and seeing what they did swapping Becky up with Ronda, um, to me, feels like a great chess move, you know? Like, like, are you familiar with like castling, John? In, in chess, yes. yeah, yeah. Where you switch, never really, yeah. Where you switch the king for the rook. Now, like for the longest time, it felt like Becky was the position king or the queen, I suppose. But and Becky the rook. But here they they swap the roles, and now Becky coming out of this segment feels like your main character. She is the king. She's the man, and Becky now is sort of the second in command in the rook, and uh, uh. I think seeing them make this move tells me that the, the company recognizes that. That was a great analogy. Thanks. One of your best. Mixed match challenge promo. Lashley was with Mickey and Leo Rush. Um, and then Braun and Moon spoke. All undefeated teams on the mixed match challenge facing off. Yeah, that's right. What a big night. Charlotte was backstage. She said she's fought against Becky. On Raw, she fought with her. And on Sunday, she'll fight for Becky. And she's going to beat Ronda and prove SmackDown is superior. Yeah, so, you know, again, like, their their backs up against the wall. They had to kind of, you know, make sure that everybody, uh, you know, got on the same page really quickly. I do feel like maybe uh, a bit of subtlety in in kind of uh, how quickly their relationship changed might have helped. Like, I... I, I think a handshake instead of the hug would have been just fine. And I, I don't necessarily feel like Charlotte needed to say 
as much as she did about having to fight for Becky. Um, I, I, I guess I just feel like there's still a lot more story to be told in Charlotte and Becky making up. Here, it just feels like that was completely extinguished and they're best friends again. Yeah, there was a big leap. I mean, after all, Becky attacked her in the sacred grounds of the Performance Center. That was like, what, two weeks ago? A couple weeks back. Can't just forgive and forget something that catastrophic in your friendship. The Bar and The Big Show took on The New Day. They had the advantage on Woods for a while. Big E got bro-kicked off the apron. Uh, By the way, do you follow John Cena on Instagram? I do, yeah. He's one of the few uh, wrestlers I follow, yeah. He's got a great Instagram game, and he just ever so often will post a picture of of Biggie with Big E's face photoshopped onto it. And his, I'm sure it's not him doing it, but whoever it is, the I Photoshop think, skills are not bad. I think it is him doing it. Well, then bravo. He's really got a great Instagram account. He's got a really weird sense of humor. And yeah, it's on full display on his Instagram account, which is... I like it a lot. It's like this dude fills in on the Today Show as a host, and he's running this like account that you would expect someone with like uh, 3,000 followers to be running. I think I think like on Instagram, you kind of have to do your own thing or to, to really stand out, and that's what Cena has done. Speaking of John Cena, though, I think um, he wins today's social media, um, I don't know, whatever, award. Have you seen his Sky Vodka ad? I haven't seen the ad, no. So it's John Cena um, dressed as three members of an all John Cena boy band. Uh, And he's got a classic, like, Nick Carter haircut in one of them. Another one, he's wearing a a headband. And he's doing this kind of... I haven't even watched it. I've only seen stills. But he's doing a whole thing uh, as three members of a boy band, as John Cena, promoting Sky Vodka. It it just... It looks amazing. It shows you, like, this man has a real interesting sense of humor about him. The same type of sense of humor that I think, you know, kind of makes The Rock... Uh, such a coveted su- superstar in Hollywood, this big jack man who uh, doesn't take himself too seriously. I think Cena is going for that, and I thought I, this was awesome. I think John Cena would be a fun guy to hang out with. Uh, when the cameras are off, I I, I could imagine that. Uh, if the like cameras outside are on, of the dinner rules, I'm sure he would be. Um, you know, not to say I I knew the guy, but there was a, a summer where. I went to so many events. I must have interviewed this guy like quite a few times over the course of the summer, and most of them were in person. So it got to the point where like he like we had a little bit of a rapport together, and we were at like a, a golf course together, and he's like making fun of these these shoes I was wearing at a golf course and stuff. Like he he seemed like a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have said that, like, you know, uh, maybe like eight years ago when he was cutting really, really bad jokes to children. But I think, uh, like, seeing his Hollywood career, he's he's done a lot of things that uh, I, I would say make all of us laugh. I judge this ba- mainly on his Instagram account. That's what I, I, I right. base it upon. Uh, but that's great. I'll, I'll definitely check out that ad. It sounds great. Um, Big Show tripped Xavier, yanked him to the floor. Threw him into the announcer's desk. It was a trouble in paradise to Sheamus, then an SOS to Cesaro. Kingston gets the two count, and then he goes for a springboard reverse cross into the knockout punch by the Big Show, and Big Show pins Kofi. 
From this point on in the show, I don't know about you, John, but I noticed kind of like a, a bit more of a muted uh, reaction from the crowd overall. Um, maybe it just for me, like felt like Becky really did feel like the main event star of the entire show. And even like the main event here with AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan felt like it kind of was a bit of a come down. Yeah, to a degree. I think Becky was the most anticipated thing, but I, I thought that they they got in fairly into the main event. Um, backstage, we had the Usos who were in uh, this like blue smoke filled boiler room meeting with the Colognes, uh, two gentlemen named uh, Carl and Lucas, as well as Sanity. Allegedly, these are all members of the SmackDown roster. And they're all part of the SmackDown team on Sunday. I like the video a lot. I mean, I think it, it makes the Usos look really cool. They're they're like, I think like their thing is boiler rooms. They've done like these boiler room promos in the past. I guess I just never really understood why. Um, like when I think they should have been inside a penitentiary. Maybe that's the thinking. You know, what's the closest thing in this arena that looks like it could be a prison cell, a boiler room? The basement. Them and mankind, I guess, like to share uh, the same space. But I think it makes the Usos look really cool. Now, the teams, though, really kind of like <laughs> weird me out because why wouldn't the bar be a part of this? Or are they? Because they're taking on a- AOP. Oh, yeah, they're the champs. I completely they're the forgot. champions. I completely forgot who the SmackDown champions were. I'm sorry. That makes total sense then. So, who are there any teams missing? This is all the teams. Yeah, because, uh, oh, God, Fandango and Tyler Breeze, well, Fandango's injured, but they were both moved to Raw, I think, mm-hmm. and I think that's all the teams. So you broke up Rusev and Aiden English. Neither of them are on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I guess it's just, uh, what is it, Harper and Merwin, but they're, uh, one of them's injured right now. So I guess, you, I mean, so I guess this is the division then. This is it. Yep, this okay. is it. It's on the kickoff show. I mean, it's not going to be, yeah, they'll probably get more time, uh, given that they're there. Um AJ and Daniel Bryan, WWE title match. Early on, Bryan's working over the arm of Styles. He isolates it, soccer kicks it, and then Bryan flips off the top and lands and starts selling his knee. So we have both men with injured body parts. Bryan hit a belly-to-back superplex off the top. Styles gets up, goes for the Styles clash, but it's stopped with up kicks from Bryan. And Styles goes to jump onto the ropes for his usual like uh, backflip spot into the inverted DDT, but he loses his footing. And they just moved on. They didn't redo it. They didn't uh, panic. They just worked it into the match. Two yeah, pros. It showed, I think, some real professionalism, the fact that they were just able to, to move on from this so quickly. I don't know if the original plan might, you know, perhaps might have been to, to do the electric chair coming out of it. But whatever the case, it's kind of hard to tell because these two, I think, are so good at recovery. Styles went for a springboard 450 and landed into the yes lock, but got to the rope. Brian is setting up for the uh, the running knee, but gets stopped with a drop kick. Styles applies the calf crusher, then it's turned into an armbar by Brian, who then transitions to the yes lock, and Styles is able to get out and slingshot Brian into the corner. And as he goes for the phenomenal forearm, Brian sidesteps and AJ nails the official. And Brian, almost instinctually, low blows AJ. And he has a moment where he has to realize what he's done. He just let his animal instinct take over. And then he goes into the corner, comes out, knees him right in the face, and he pins AJ Styles. Daniel Bryan wins the title. 
And then he continues. He stomps down AJ. He's smiling maniacally. He stares at the title. And I'm just hoping that this guy shows up. Shaved head on Sunday. Eye patch. And cattle mutilation for Brock Lesnar. That would be great. Yeah. Um, he works hard to, to grow that hair, though. I wonder if he'll, he'll be willing to just shave it off like that. Um, I don't think he needs to. But So Brian versus Brock is happening. Uh with uh, four days' notice and I four days' I, notice, this was like uh, four less than four minutes' notice we got to end SmackDown that you comprehended what the what match was happening. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, again, like it, a real indication of I think how much they they thought of uh, uh, Becky versus Ronda being uh, cut from this show. The fact that they would decide to go to change both main events. Um, I I think you know. I'm really happy to be able to see Daniel Bryan in a main role as the champion going into this uh, uh, show. And I think, uh, you know, as part of his comeback. Um, but I think you have to eventually look back and say, how much money did they squander on the Daniel Bryan babyface comeback story? Which they did not tell at all. I think his return as a babyface was extremely mishandled. Uh, to the point that I think after that finished two weeks ago, you know, you could argue that, you know, turning him, I'm sure Brian is going to embrace this and maybe it's what he is going to ultimately need. But it's it's stunning that when you go back to that return promo, the most beloved figure in the industry, that it took them less than a year and they had to turn him heel, uh, that... <laughs> Some of the baby faces, like the like incredible baby faces that they end up having to turn. He, like this year alone, they have turned Daniel Bryan, Johnny Gargano. They turned Sami Zayn last year. The difference they, is, though, with Gargano, I feel like they kind of maximize their value. You know, I mean, you could have at least I, I guess you could have done a, a title reign, but at least they told a lot of great story with him as a baby face. You know, I'm not as I'm not as down on the Gargano turn. Um, I was on Sami Zayn, and I think the jury's out on Daniel Bryan. Becky, I, I, Becky too. Don't, uh, don't forget. Right, right. They did uh, plan to do that, and it's come out the other way. But Bryan, I, I think that Bryan was, you know, he had been flou- – floundering's too strong of a word. I think he was still over, but they had greatly diminished him. I thought they beat him way too often that maybe this is going to be uh, a shot in the arm for them. Uh, or at least for Daniel Bryan's character, and but there there is no indication the audience is going to take to this turn either. You That's may find true. this guy back as a babyface within no time. I listen, mean, they may dude, just li- listen, man. Brock versus Bryan. Who do you think that audience is going to cheer? A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like yeah. you could argue, maybe you should have just done the well. It's kind of hard to do but, the title, but John, like you know what? It doesn't almost doesn't matter because in 2018, this is how the WWE builds their babyfaces. In Vince's vision, they don't know how to build straight up baby faces anymore. The way they do it is to start them off as heels. They and you know, uh, I have no doubt that you know what's happening with Brian might very or sorry, what's happening with Becky will probably happen with Brian as well. The crowd will continue to cheer him. Um, the match will be interesting because like um, Brian has talked about this on Divas about eventually wanting to face Brock Lesnar when he finally comes back, and he talked about this really interesting. Um, 
style he was working on that was a lot more ground-based. He would continually shoot for Brock Lesnar's legs. It sounded to me like a very babyface-oriented style. He's going in there as a heel now. There are two heels in this match. So how is that match going to work? It's a tough match to book. I mean, the last thing you would want to do is just beat Brian so fresh off this turn. Uh, AJ doesn't have any spot at the moment on the show. I guess he could somehow get involved. I mean, Braun could get involved. And, I mean, I'm not crazy about those ideas. But, yeah, it's not the easiest match to come up with a finish. I have a really hard time imagining uh, Brian beating Lesnar uh, without some form of interference. And I'd be very surprised if Brian wins, to be honest. Brian could cheat now. Like, that's part of his repertoire. Um, could, you know, what does him cheating to beef Brock Lesnar um, do for either man? Hmm. It's a weird match, just given the timing and where their characters are at at the moment. But, I mean, it's playing, it's it's a first-time match, and that's what they're they're mm-hmm. going with. I mean, this was going to be the match at SummerSlam, in 2014, when Brian uh, had to vacate the title and it ended up being John Cena and Brock Lesnar that year, that was the match where Brock just threw John Cena around for the entire match. And that was going to be Brian dropping the title to Lesnar that year at SummerSlam, but couldn't happen. So now it is happening of over four years later. What an interesting show. Hey, I, they probably, like, they got this curveball. 24 hours ago and had to not just redo this show, but redo the top matches at Survivor Series, which included uh, some of the elimination matches where you had to pluck out Daniel Bryan and change stuff around. And so, yeah. So as a result, the SmackDown women's five on five still doesn't is still missing a member because that was to be Charlotte. Yeah. I wonder if that could be Nikki Cross. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Well, I mean, she's raw, though, isn't she? Wait, no, that was SmackDown. Smackdown. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I think that's a good, great idea. I think she would get a pop. She is supposed to be doing a uh, dark match for TV on the TakeOver, but not on the actual TakeOver card. I mean, I could and, also see it being Mandy Rose, given the uh, the story that they did, but it, she wouldn't get right. a babyface reaction. Yeah, I think Nikki Cross would. I think that's yeah. what I would do. Just give people a reason to cheer. I think they would for her. Um What do you want to do? Mixed match challenge? Yeah, sure. Let me just quickly go through the mixed match challenge. The mixed match challenge, of course, with brand new stakes attached to it, as we uh, discussed yesterday, the winners of the mixed match challenge will both be entered as number 30 now in the Royal Rumble. And and all these people, not all these people, I saw one comment uh, on, I think it was on our forum, who were saying, well, what if AJ wins? He's the champion. And he's going to be number 30 in the Rumble? Well, they solved that problem tonight. Fixed it. Yeah, Daniel Bryan doesn't have a match. Brock I'm sure that they, a... they looked at our forum. And they were like, you know what? That's right. <laughs> AJ, your title reign is done. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, it could be that. But don't forget, John, it's not just being number 30 in the Royal Rumble that these winners get. Oh, God. They also get an all-expenses-paid trip to anywhere in the world. What is that going to be? Dude, I don't know, but they like they made specific um uh mention of this every time they've they've mentioned the stipulation. Is so, that something a, a fan really attaches themselves to? Like rooting for a team to get a vacation? I have no idea. I don't know what the thinking is. I don't know what, what the payoff is going to be. Like are they going to 
Uh, are they going to shoot vignettes of, of the winners? They have to. Oh, they're going to shoot stuff. A hundred percent. They're going with a cameraman. But like that, would they do all this just for for the mixed match challenge? It's, it's I don't know. It seems crazy to me. How about the winners get to be recognized as employees with benefits? I think that's taking it too far. Oh, um, okay. But you know, uh, I I think the decision to to add this to the mixed match challenge is interesting. I wonder why it came in the middle of the season. To me, it indicates that maybe they are hoping to raise the viewership a little bit with with by adding more stakes attached to this thing. Yeah, maybe, this might get to a hundred thousand people watching. From watching today, I don't think it even got close to that. I don't think it really wow. changed at all. Um, because these matches on today's show were a lot more serious, and they did not involve dance breaks nor rap battles. Uh, which we got last week. So um, I don't know what this was. Maybe it's it's an attempt to make the Mixed Match Challenge more serious. Or or maybe, you know, or maybe it's just to try to get more people to watch the Mixed Match Challenge. Because I'll, I'll admit myself, I definitely am feeling the lag or, or feeling the, the drag, I, I would say, of the round robin format of this Mixed Match Challenge. I'm ready for this thing to wrap up. But instead, you got another month. We still have quite a bit of it. And this week, though, took place. Uh, the matches took place between the four undefeated teams thus far on the Mixed Match Challenge. And on the Raw side of things, that is Braun Strowman and Ember Moon, Monster Eclipse, taking on Country Dominance, Bobby Lashley and Mickey James. So uh, before uh, we actually get to the match, Paige is seen backstage with Charlotte, where Paige informs Charlotte that AJ is in no mood to compete. In the mixed match challenge tonight, because he oh. just lost the belt. So, so what happened? So Paige has found Charlotte a new opponent to be announced later. Man, so everyone's picking new opponents. They they just they blew this whole thing up, and that's another thing Nia affected. She affected the mixed match challenge, the greatest offense of all. Lastly, and Strowman are in there. The two have a big stare down. Um, they try to intimidate each other, both as you know, sort of like your monsters. Lashley runs the ropes. Hits Braun with very hard clotheslines, but Braun stiffs him. So Braun wins the battle of the monsters between Braun Strowman and Lashley. Um, Leo Rush distracts and allows Bobby Lashley to gain the advantage. So Braun tells Ember to go get Rush. And she runs around the ring to chase him, but Mickey catches her. Um, Eventually, Braun catches Lashley on the floor. And then Ember hits the eclipse to Mickey in the ring for the pin. So a very straightforward match. I actually thought it was quite good and quite entertaining. I enjoyed seeing Lashley in there with Braun. Um, Lashley is obviously, you know, somebody very strong strong and very durable. Able to probably do a lot more with Braun Strowman than your typical wrestler. Kind of like watching, you know, John Cena in the Big Show. Um, You get to see kind of a different side of the Big Show when he's with somebody who uh, can lift him. Like, like a John Cena. So, this was Bobby Lashley and, and uh, Mickey James's first loss. Monster Eclipse remain undefeated at 4 0. Uh, 3 0 or 4? I think it. 3 0, actually. I think they're 3 0. So, um, they and Miz and Asuka are the front runners. Uh, actually, no, not Miz and Asuka. I know. I'll, t- I'll talk about that at the end. Okay. On the other side of things, we have Charlotte and her mystery partner taking on Miz and Asuka. And the partner is revealed to be. Jeff Hardy. Wow, this, busy man. Yeah, this time without face paint, though. Do they have a team name? Um, No, you can come up with one, though. You go through the match. I'll try and come up with something. Got it, okay. So the big tease here is seeing Asuka taking on Charlotte again um, for the first time, I guess, since WrestleMania. My stream cut out here, so I don't really have that much to comment about uh, that interaction. <laughs> 
So, uh, whatever. Asuka tags in. Uh, there's a segment where Miz and Asuka both deliver yes kicks to uh, Jeff and Charlotte. And then Miz is about to deliver the final blow, but she stops Asuka. Or he stops Asuka and says, watch and learn. He goes to deliver the big kick, but Jeff counters with the twist of fate. Charlotte then puts Asuka into the figure eight. And Asuka loses again. So this was... Telling the story, I, I suppose, of Charlotte being the one who can always beat Asuka. And this was Miz and Asuka's first loss in the Mixed Match Challenge in two seasons. So right now your two undefeated teams are, uh, what is it, uh, Braun Strowman and Ember Moon, as well as uh, AJ Styles and Charlotte, who uh, probably will continue the next time around. And they um, will be known as Per Ox Woo Jin. Oh, that is great. Oh, that is wonderful. I hope they so continue it's a, just it, for that. That was like the fifth one I came up with in my head, and I was like, okay, that, one, that one's That's repeatable. a winner. That's a total winner. Yeah. Got it. You know, I thought another good intergender match, a great straightforward wrestling match. No shenanigans this week. I'm wondering if that's a new direction for the Mixed Match Challenge. Uh, I'm assuming, you know, next time we see Carmella and Truth, it probably um, won't be uh, the new direction. I I I can't see Carmella and Truth having a match without a dance break in it. And that's the match that we're going to get next week. The matches. Oh, are we going to get Jeff Hardy doing a dance break? Oh, I'd love that. Uh, sadly, I don't think he'll be continuing the mixed match challenge. I don't think. Uh, but next week, instead of the two undefeated, four undefeated teams, we get matches between the four winless teams. The losers. Oh, wow. What a draw. And uh, any team that loses is going to be eliminated. From the mixed match challenge, they will no longer have any matches because I guess they'll be completely out of contention. So yeah, we only got a month left. Well, I mean, it gets to a point where even within a month, you don't have enough. Yeah, you can't. There's no way for them to come back. So the the teams are our truth and Carmella, Carmella, and uh, they're facing ravishing Rusev Day. Both teams are facing elimination, and then on the other side of things, it is Mahalisha. Taking on, uh, what's the team here? Mahalisha taking on Team Pause, Bobby Roode and Natalia to see which team gets the carry on and which team goes home. A lot of drama next week to be settled. Let us go to the Survivor Series. Are you ready to run through this new updated card? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, we've got on the kickoff show. Team Raw, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, The Revival, The B-Team, The Lucha House Party, and The Ascension taking on Team SmackDown, The Usos, The New Day, Sanity, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, and The Colognes. Um, a bunch of people that I'm sure are just lucky to be on, on a pay-per-view and, and probably haven't been on a... I don't even know the last time The Colognes even would have had a match on like a main event or superstars. Maybe it's every week that they're on. I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I've, I've noticed particular attention being placed on the Lucha House Party and their feud with the Revival, so expect something there. Um, what else? The Usos, I hope, get some something big. Um, on the SmackDown side of things, I don't really see that much story. I don't see a feud really happening between any of the other teams. No, I could see the Usos in New Day surviving, winning it for their team. I mean, you have a lot of, like, odds and ends in this match that you could have... Like, it could be a nice showing for a, a Killian Dane if mm -hmm. he's involved. Uh, you do have, like, Chad Gable, who's fantastic. Uh, the Revival are a great team to have in this. Um, I think this could turn out to be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
So, yeah, I, I think it's really neither here nor there who wins. Any uh, special interactions here that you, you'd be looking forward to? Chad Gable with uh, a bunch of these guys, like with Kofi. That would be a lot of fun. I think I think Gable, you know, if he if this is a match that gets 20 minutes, it is a two hour kickoff show. I would imagine another match will end up on the kickoff as well. Um, I wonder, you know, you could you could at least emphasize some of these guys who are like the Lucha House Party. Those are really talented guys. There's a there is a lot of talent. Uh, that's just they're just none of them are over. Yeah, I think there's something you can the fun you could do with the Lucha House Party and not either the Usos or the New Day. Um, maybe like some type of three on three interaction. I think seeing Bobby Roode in there with Eric Young could be a pretty fun thing. Uh, then we have Buddy Murphy against Mustafa Ali for the cruiserweight title. Uh, this could also end up on the kickoff show, though it hasn't been announced for such. Um, Do we know how long the show is? Oh, it's one of the long ones. Two-hour kickoff, four-hour main show. Okay. So, yeah, I could see this being there. Uh, Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. This should be a really strong match. I think it comes down to how uh, invested the crowd is in L.A. And this should be great. I think this will be a very strong match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really haven't been following 205 Live, but it, on paper, it's it looks like a match that I think will surely deliver. Yeah, I mean, Buddy Murphy's only had the title for a month and a half. I wouldn't want them to take it off him so quickly. Uh, then we go to our first champion versus champion match, the AOP against The Bar, who happen to be the SmackDown Tag Champions. I had no idea. Um. This could be uh, this is the first chance I think AOP has had to have a really strong match on the main roster uh since coming up from NXT. I mean they're in there with I mean Cesaro, that's uh someone that th- this could turn out to be a pretty good match and this all ultimately comes down to how you're going to break down the Raw and SmackDown uh wins. So it's kind of hard to see who they're going to put over because it's really just making sense numbers wise. I feel like the bar can afford a loss more so than AOP right now. True. I think AOP yes. are, are, are still, you know, uh, um, they're still in need of establishing. And I think they're still, uh, to me, there's more money, I would say, in a future AOP run than, you know, kind of your two veterans in Cesaro and Sheamus, who I think are just going to be, uh, for, the, for the next little while, your mainstays in, in the tag team division. Um, I think you'll can, get Can that. Drake Maverick take out Big Show? Well, that'll be the funny interaction. Um and yeah, maybe uh, uh, sure. Yeah, one big guy, one small guy. The women's five on five: Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, Natalia, and Ruby Riot taking on Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Oscar, and the mystery partner that we do not know of yet. Mm. It's interesting the way they've decided to choose the teams for this one because Team Raw is essentially all heels except for Natalia, who. Uh, obviously is working a, a storyline right now with Ruby Riot, so I think it remains to be seen. Maybe Ruby will just take Natalia out. Who knows? Uh, or maybe the Riot Squad will. But on the SmackDown side of things, everybody's pretty much a babyface, you know, including Sonya Deville, who I would say, you know, uh, has kind of turned into a bit of a babyface. By the way, the best part on SmackDown that we didn't even talk about outside of everything else that we, we did talk about. So uh, when uh, Becky chooses Charlotte, and they all decide to have this like giant group hug, including Sonya Deville. You, the only two people you see not involved in the group hug, are the Iconics, who are just like lightly tapping the group hug on the shoulder, and like <laughs> you have like Billy uh, or, or Peyton, what is it, Billy Kay, 
like just kind of giving like a mocking yeah thumbs up like yeah we're supposed to like <laughs> this but we don't really they were hilarious so That's funny yeah uh yeah like a team of almost all baby faces and a team of all almost all heels you know i i'm looking at this match i don't know what kind of match this is going to be it could be fine it could be not fine uh yeah. there's a lot of uh odd parts in this match that I don't know how it's all going to work. You have a primarily heel Raw team with the exception of Natalia. So you have to do obviously something big with Ruby and Natalia. They shouldn't be getting along for a second in this match. They should probably just brawl immediately at the start, which makes Alexa look kind of foolish for picking these two. And they're going to eliminate each other. And then on the SmackDown side, I mean, I the goal should be for Ruby to continue to put the heat on Natalia, I think. And... Or maybe just Natalia getting her revenge. Maybe that should be the goal. Because after uh, going through what what she's gotten, you kind of have to give Natalia something back. Maybe Natalia just takes Ruby out. And the two of them just cancel each other out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, Natalia even trying to get along with Ruby makes her look like a fool. After mm-hmm. she said that he used sunglasses so he didn't have to look at his daughter. Like, there's no reason Natalia should not be just going... Uh, completely wild on Ruby Riot at the beginning of this and snapping. Um, this is also a chance that Oscar could look really good and mm-hmm. maybe put up some eliminations. Although I see the women winning this and this primarily being Nia Jax and Tamina being the two big monsters that are going to win it for their team. And those two survive, especially with Nia. If you're going to the Ronda Rousey program next. Yeah, of all the names that I think you have to protect, I I don't necessarily see anybody uh, needing that protection besides Naya. I think she's the kind of, you know, she's got your program with Ronda next. Naya versus Asuka, I suppose, could be a a showdown that that you can build up to. But in the end, I I agree. I think Naya is the sole survivor. The men's elimination match. Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley against The Miz. Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, and the best in the world, Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see, I think, what Shane's role coming out of this will be. Obviously, I think uh, this is a match. Mm. We might get a Stephanie uh, interaction here, but uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. Shane should be the sole survivor. I think he'll be one of the last ones. Certainly. Um, there's more story, I feel, attached to him than there is to... Almost anybody else. Right? Yeah, I think that this is going to be the progression of the Shane McMahon turn. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can just get out of this match without a strong indication of where they're going with the Shane McMahon character. And I would just say there's too many. Well, by too many, I mean two on the Raw side that. I mean, you can eliminate Drew McIntyre. You can eliminate Braun Strowman, but you're going to have to be really creative And I think it just throws off your plans. Like, I think Braun and Baron Corbin is probably your TLC match. And they are going to get to Braun and Lesnar. So I do see the Raw team winning this. uh, But that is another Raw win. I think we've picked three Raw wins here with AOP, the women, and now the men. Um, So I guess it's always possible you could have uh, SmackDown win one of these. Um, But you just, you have to get creative. And I just don't know how much bending they're going to do for Drew McIntyre, who seems like they do not want anything to tarnish this guy at the moment. Right. Yeah. 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 It's kind of hard for me to see either Drew or Braun losing this one. Um, 
But at the same SmackDown's got to win some of these matches. I mean, I'm looking mm-hmm. at them here. It's like we've the ones we're about to get into. We're probably leaning uh, more so Raw than SmackDown for well, some of these as well. So SmackDown is going to win some of these. Yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, I can see them winning. What is it? The 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 tag team el- elimination stuff. You know? Yeah, I guess if you're counting that, sure. And then yeah. let's go through the other matches. Um, what going back to what we've talked about? No, no, no. The next matches. Oh, okay. Then we've got uh, Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura. This I can see Nakamura winning. Dean gets involved in some way, uh, and that's a SmackDown win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it should be like a great match. I, I, I'm hopeful it's going to be. I think, you know, I think these top three matches are all going to be uh, really, you know, the expectations will be pretty high for all three of them. So, uh, yeah, starting with this the, one. These matches will make or break the show. Mm-hmm. These three. Um, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair. Sorry, sorry. So we're picking Nakamura, right? I, I think so. I think so, too. Yeah, I think he needs it. And he's in there with the opponent that you would want to be in to have a great match. And, I mean, that's the, the, these pay-per-views are so long, these big four ones. But, I mean, it does allow that a match like this is not going to get cut for time. You would think they could get their... A Seth Rollins 18 to 20 minute pay-per-view match should be expected. Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, the new match. I see Ronda winning this, uh, but I I think it should be a very good match. The question will be, unlike a lot of big Ronda matches, uh, this is not one that she's going to have the luxury of preparing for for weeks. Yeah, this is a late last minute opponent change. Um, So we'll see. But I mean, Charlotte... Didn't have time to prepare either, so it's fair. Uh, uh, do you see any way Charlotte wins this? Yes, or is this I do. F- I think, I oh, think okay. that, again, you always have Nia Jax around uh, as the opponent up next for Ronda Rousey to build to. You know, Ronda does have uh, an undefeated streak in there, but I know that when it comes to WWE and undefeated streaks, it feels like they're, they look at them more as kind of, uh, you know, uh, just obstacles rather than things to really promote and they certainly really haven't promoted ronda rousey's undefeated streak and i think if you ronda rousey has to suffer a first loss i don't i don't hate hate it happening to charlotte i could have really seen her losing to becky as her first loss uh in a way to advance becky and to kind of you know continue to put heat on on the rousey versus naya feud uh but i can see them sticking with that finish here yeah, I, I think it's a pretty safe assumption Ronda wins this match. I just think Charlotte winning, all it does is reignite the Becky feud. It would put her in line for a title match. It would put her like right in the crosshairs of Becky that I think they want to actively get away from. Um, so I see Ronda winning this, but I can see it being a, a very strong match. Possible. I don't know if they're thinking that deeply. I also feel they're... They don't want to just trivialize Ronda's first loss. And not that this is trivializing it, but it's – I would save it. I would save that loss, especially if your new plan is, is Becky down the road. So that leaves us with Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan. And, yeah, the more I think about this, what a reaction this is going to be. This is going to be a 100% pro Daniel Bryan crowd. Yeah, it is, unless, you know, they have Bryan do – things to try to sway the audience and i can see a lot more kind of cheating a lot more traditionally heel tactics uh employed by brian uh i'm sure they are they will be expecting that that baby face reaction and perhaps trying to think of ways that they can work against it we really haven't seen much from this daniel Bryan heel character because it just happened so 
Um, I think this will kind of almost be as big of a showcase for that as, you know, seeing how he does in a match with Brock Lesnar. It's a tough opponent to be doing that with, with Brian, you know, cheating and going behind the referee's back and stuff like Brock Lesnar. I mean, that's not a sympathetic character and it's, Mm -hmm. it's a tough mix. Like you understand why they're doing this, but it is not the greatest uh, optics uh, for a match. And I think regardless, I think the audience is going to love what Brian does. If he is able to cheat and get ahead, I think it's going to be, they're going to treat him like Eddie Guerrero doing it. Uh, I think they're going to be all rooting on Daniel Bryan. And by the end of Sunday night, we might be very much questioning whether uh, turning uh, such a popular guy in Daniel Bryan, Mr. Uh, Birdie's father, who can boo this man? That's going to be the question answered on Sunday night. Be tough. Um, I don't completely throw out the chance that Brian wins this. I think it's uh, possible, especially if Braun is somehow involved or you have something uh, to set up Brock's next uh, title match, whether it's for the Royal Rumble. Um, I think yeah, it's possible I, that any of these could change. You know, if they decide, hey, like on a whim, let's have Team SmackDown beat Team Raw and have Shane yeah. be the sole survivor. I could see that happening. Oh, Shane is the sole survivor. I mean, it would really add to what they're doing with him. But. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think this is a much more interesting show now, just given all the changes. There's a lot of interesting uh, elements to this show. So I think that you have lost Ronda and Becky, which was a very hotly anticipated match. But I think it will be more anticipated when it finally happens. And I don't think too many people are upset with the changes that they've made. Yeah, overall, I feel like in this two-week build, they've done a good job. Um, Really, you can look at this as almost like a one-week, one-show build. I yeah. suppose by the end of this whole thing, um, and therefore, like it, it's a match that I think largely, uh, you know, is make or break based on how it looks on paper. And on paper, it looks like a really strong show. All right, forum, and then we're going to wrap things up uh, tonight's episode. Is this going to be higher than a eight? Mm, no, no. Okay, what do you think it'll be? I think a seven, seven, seven. and a half. I think it'll be an eight, a seven point two seven. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. Brandon from Oshawa writes, this was a pretty solid show. It was moving along well. I enjoyed everything, even the stuff with Becky, despite getting really excited for that match at Survivor Series. I'm hoping this will be me in a WrestleMania match instead. Then I fell asleep, and I woke up to Daniel Bryan turning heel and winning the title. As much as I want to see Lesnar and Bryan, this has to be some of the most baffling booking that I can remember in WWE. I did not care to see that match with no build. I did not care to see a nice title run from AJ end on a meaningless episode of SmackDown. And Daniel Bryan turning heel? I'm not down. Not just randomly like this. Unless AJ is injured or something, I do not get this. Uh, And he's got his Johnny Mundo Survivor update. The merge took place this week, meaning we've hit the halfway point and John has at least made the jury which is already a lot better than I thought he'd do. He had very few highlights on this episode. He immediately wanted to get back with his former Goliath tribe mates, tribe mates and stick together, but was concerned when one of their choices for eviction was Christian from the David tribe, whom he formed a bond with when the tribe swapped a couple of weeks ago. Eventually, the vote was switched to someone else, but there is a group within both the former Goliath and David tribes who now wants to work together, which could be worrying for John. He stayed safe for this week, but in the preview of next week's episode, they teased a shocking heel turn for John, now pushing hard to get rid of Christian. That bastard. We got an Andrew from Cape Breton who says, So, tonight's episode of SmackDown left me with one major question. 
What do they teach at the New Japan LA Dojo? Many of their students seem to have mastered the fine art of kicking people in the balls. Daniel Bryan turning was weird, and it reminds me of strong baby faces in the past that they killed off to the point they had to turn heel. But I have to admit, I was feeling a bit nostalgic for the 2006 heel world champion Bryan Danielson. He's really good in the role, I just don't think the crowd will boo him. As for Becky Lynch, I think they should just strip her of the title regardless of the severity of her injury, just so she doesn't have to lose it. I think she should be winning the Rumble and main event in WrestleMania at this point. Seven swift kicks to the balls out of ten. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, Shota Mino better look out in this upcoming uh, Tag League tournament. Uh, Doof Daddy, I had a feeling I should watch SmackDown in real time tonight and not later in the evening. Still processing the title change, but a part of me is loving the heel turn. I was first introduced to Brian Danielson in the midst of a heel run in ROH, and he can play a fantastic heel. Hopefully he brings back the I have till five when his opponent reaches the ropes. A part of me, though, is thinking maybe they did this hoping he would get over like Becky at some point, because why turn him heel now against a semi-heel Lesnar? Hopefully the heel turn sticks because his return has been flat the last few months. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle, a real struggle to get people to boo this man. Alexander from Portland. Two questions leading out of the Becky story. One, earlier this year, there were rumors that Charlotte and Ronda would be main eventing WrestleMania next year. Seeing as we're getting the match on Sunday, could you see Ronda and Becky main eventing Mania next year? I could. Yes, I could too. Two, the Becky injury happened due to a strong elbow or punch from Nia Jax. I think it was a punch. There were multiple threads on Reddit admonishing Jax, not just for last night, but for many other times where she was the cause of women like Charlotte, Alexa, and Shasha Banks being hurt. While sending her back down to NXT seems unrealistic, do you think WWE will do anything else to keep Nia from hurting anyone else in the future? I mean, I don't know what you can do to prevent measures like that other than not putting her in matches and that's not going to happen so uh, i don't think anything will happen i don't think really anything happened with brie bella i don't think any anything happened when sasha banks ended page's career i think they just look at these things now as accidents accidents that happen to, that could happen to anybody mm-hmm. yep Jalen from Pickering, Becky is the top star in the company, and Daniel Bryan is the top heel on SmackDown, not even a year after returning from retirement. I feel like the dynamic for the Brock match is going to be weird now. I think they unnecessarily booked themselves into a tricky situation. Coming up with a decent finish and portraying this new Bryan against Lesnar seems difficult, and now SmackDown's top three babyfaces are all in their 40s. I love watching WCW. Could you see Shane McMahon getting involved in the finish of that match? With Brock and AJ? No, 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 Brock and Brian. Or Brock and Brian. Um, I guess if you could do... You could come out of this where this was all a plot by Shane and Brian that they're working together, though I really don't like that. Mm. I mean, it was Shane that made the match, right? So, I mean, and they have the history together that, uh, I mean, it could logically, uh, you could understand an alliance, but uh, I'm not crazy about that. We get a kiss on from Toronto. I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown Live in months. Easier watching on the PVR, but Becky Lynch is must-watch must TV. She is the hottest thing in wrestling today. It sucks that she got injured, but I believe this is a blessing in disguise for WWE. Her versus Ronda felt like a waste on SummerSlam with a two-week build. Now they can probably build up to this down the road, and if done properly, I really feel like this could headline WrestleMania. I'm not sure how I feel about Daniel Bryan turning heel. This company continues to baffle me at times. They refuse to turn Roman, but a few months into Bryan coming back, they turn him heel. It wasn't even a slow build where they planted seeds. Styles 
Title reign ending should have been a bigger deal, but I didn't get that vibe, and then the show just ended. I have no doubt Brian can be a great heel. I just don't understand their logic behind it and why they rushed it. Mike essentially asks here about what happens with AJ and asking if you could see him moving to Raw as a top babyface. I don't think anytime soon. I think that now you have the program with Brian. That will be Brian's program coming out of uh, Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also don't see them just kind of, you know, doing moves, uh, trading names for the sake of them. Like, does, does Raw need somebody like AJ right now? Maybe. They need baby faces. Yeah. I mean, it's not super deep, but then you have a problem of no, like, who are Brian's uh, opponents on SmackDown at the moment? You've got, you've got Joe who's a heel. You've got, uh, you know, his babyface opponents are Ray and Jeff Hardy at the moment. And, yeah, I mean, you can get by with those. Um, no, but I think AJ, AJ's valuable in SmackDown as well, especially if you're turning Brian to become a heel. Like Orton's a heel. I mean, it's they are Miz is a heel. You've kind of ended now that Brian Miz program. We got a Jake who says, man, AJ's balls really cannot catch a break whatsoever. I'm more the glass half full guy, so I'm very optimistic about Brian's position here. Ever since his return, it definitely wasn't the Daniel Bryan of 2013 or 2014. He's been very lukewarm and the character's been treading water for a few months. Also, there haven't been overwhelming yes chants as well lately, which really puts signs on me that he is at the expiration date. This heel turn could be a refresh that he needs, so I'll just sit back and watch before I make any more, more further judgment. Dave from Sydney. The Brian heel turn is pretty interesting considering SmackDown is so top-heavy with heels. I don't really understand why they didn't just do the heel turn a few weeks ago during that title match. And I wonder if this was planned all along. Well, no, this was not planned all along to be doing a title match five days before the pay-per-view. Maybe he means the heel turn. Uh, Well, they teased that last week. So, I mean, that part could have been... uh, where they were ultimately going. Do you think this is going to be like all the other big shows for the company with a one hour kickoff and a five hour show like SummerSlam? Uh, well, it will be uh, six hours, but two hour kickoff, four hour main show is Tim. what it's scheduled for. Yep. Get ready. Tim, it was obvious from the moment Brian came out that they had completely flipped the script following Becky's injury. All the buzz from the night before was going to be gone faster than the air in a balloon sat upon by Haysack's Calhoun, and Heyman's line about the impossibility of a Lesnar-Brian match was all the foreshadowing they needed. It was interesting how Heyman was the only retaliation from the Raw side following the invasion on Raw. That Baron Corbin is a sneaky devil. Send one advocate and totally mess up the SmackDown title picture and the men's team. Hopefully Stephanie will appreciate his brilliance. MJ writes, the minute they announced the title match, I had the feeling they'd do the switch like last year. I have to think this was the idea all along to get Brian and Brock. It's a match that was too obvious to never go to, and AJ was a retread from last year. Bringing up AJ's win over Jinder last night was great foreshadowing, something I never give WWE credit for, and yet still it was a pure shock. Guys, I don't think when they were writing that Jinder segment that they had this idea in mind for the next night at all. Uh, it was a great match, an incredible curveball, and while not ideal, going into a big show with two brand new dream matches and no TV build to ruin them is kind of awesome. Plus, the proper long-term story will now culminate at a much more appropriate time when Becky and Rousey do get the match. 
Lewis from Long Beach. I'm sure John's already gone on a rant about the WWE and their inability to create or sustain baby faces, but as I watched Daniel Bryan's heel turn, the only voice I could hear in my head was John Pollock decrying WWE's inability to write strong baby faces, and now Daniel Bryan is the latest one to fall victim to this curse. I know Bryan has always talked about how he wanted to have a match against Brock, and this was probably his last chance to do it, so I'm at least grateful for that. Also, it's heartbreaking that arguably the hottest main roster women's match in the history of the WWE isn't going to happen due to injury. Maybe we can get a do-over at WrestleMania, but that's probably just hopeful thinking on my part. Tony from South Dakota. I'm pretty happy with the show. The Brian turn is a nice change of pace. The men's team segments kept my attention. I did not care for Becky bestowing Charlotte with the Survivor Series match, but other than that, her promo was great. I'm currently watching Real Country, which they were promoting throughout the night on SmackDown. Here are some quick notes. The gist of the show is each of the three judges selected a musical act to perform in front of a live crowd and the judges. Each band plays a cover version of a song that falls into the show's theme, drinking songs. The fans vote using the Meltzer ranking system. The lowest scored team is eliminated. Then they do it again with the remaining two bands and add a special guest judge or two. The humor is really forced. It's ridiculously overproduced. And sorry, guys, but I think Shania Twain has lost a step or two. Three out of ten for real country. Mark from Vaughn. <laughs> what? No, nothing. Oh, okay. Mark from Vaughn. Uh, he has a question here. Could Becky's baby face turn stoke the flame for a dueling four-horsewomen rivalry? Now that they're all on the same side. Well, yeah, I guess, that, I guess now the Vaughn possibility goes. is... Uh, you, you've you've laid it out that there's now you don't have the obstacle of Charlotte and Becky being at odds, um, but it's Ronda and I guess Shayna and the others that that might be the uh, the challenge. And I do I still think it's a little too soon. Yeah, well, if if Shayna were to lose the NXT title on Saturday, I think it would amplify that discussion. But I don't think that Shayna and company should be called up at the moment. I I kind of like them being that that heel gang on NXT for the next while. And Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, they should not be anywhere near the main roster for at least 18 months to two years. Uh, and that might be, like, they have just started wrestling. So 18 months is kind of crazy just to say that. Um, yeah. Like, anything, they should I, really be down there for, like, two years. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I still think Shayna probably has a lot to, to do as a heel before she turns and joins Ronda. Or All you right. have Ronda as a heel. Like, who knows how much can change? Okay, let's do a few more here. Chris Thunder, can I just say I don't even I don't think even the most disenchanted WWE fan could have imagined WWE mishandling Daniel Bryan's return this badly. From his terrible WrestleMania tag match to the Miz program that didn't live up to the hype, and finally turning heel on two hours build to his first championship win since returning. Also, after your review last night, I wanted to see Becky. What happens next for the championship? And does Nia deserve some blame for the punch? And given her recent track record with opponents becoming injured, finally, would you rather see a 10-man cruiserweight Survivor Series match or a 20-man tag team Survivor Series match? Um, I don't know if either sounds all that appealing, to be quite honest with you. I think the cruiserweight match would be extremely rushed. Um, I want to see a 30-man cruiserweight tag team Survivor Series match. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we kind of went over the Nia stuff as well. All right. Uh, yeah, and that's it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for your feedback. There was a lot of it. Uh, 
this week, uh, especially uh, going into the Survivor Series. So we're going to sign off, uh, but we're going to be back. We've got the Cafe Hangout on Thursday at 3 p.m. If you are a double-double ice cap or espresso member, we're going to be joined in studio by Martin Bushby of the British Wrestling Experience. And then lots of Survivor Series coverage this weekend. We'll have a show up uh, free Saturday night with a takeover post show with myself, Davey, and Braden Harrington. And then Sunday night, me and Way will be live uh, doing our Survivor Series post show, which you can uh, stream the video of, again, if you are a double-double or above member of the Post Wrestling Cafe. So lots of stuff to look forward to. Many, many shows coming up at postwrestling.com. You can check out the entire schedule there. And that's all. We're now off to the double shot. So go download that. We have lots to discuss. And Way is going to get all up to date on Ultima Lucha. <laughs>